Hi, I am Michael Radigan with my co-host Kat Silverman. This is Three Cheers for Goaltender Interference. Um, getting all of our social media call-outs out of the way. You can follow me at Mikey. This is all on Twitter. Um, you can follow me at Mikey Rads. At uh, you can follow Kat at Catherine M Silverman. That's right, right? I haven't done this in a while. I can't remember. Um, oh or is my it God. Kat, Kat M Silverman. Silverman. It's Kat M Silverman. Damn, I couldn't even so I couldn't even remember. Um I know, that's it's rough. been a little while. That's peak. Uh, <laughs> you can follow our uh wonderful producer, Maxwell Spar, who does this for free and just purely out of the kindness of his heart and just because he's a really great friend, uh at Maxwell Spar. You can follow our Twitter uh account, the podcast Twitter account at three cheers for goal one. That's the number three, the number one. Cat, it is hot here now, so uh, it's summertime. How are you doing? I'm sure it's hotter in Arizona, but it's it's like it pretty close to 100 be. in New York um, City. So. Let me see. It's uh, I know that recently I was looking it up, and I know that like British Columbia is dealing with hotter temperatures than we are here in Phoenix. Um, and so it says that you guys are at 94. Fahrenheit yeah. with a 74% humidity. Yikes. Uh, yeah, it's about to storm. It's it, I think we're 100% chance for thunderstorms in the next 45 minutes. It. I'm looking at my window. <laughs> I'm looking at my window and it looks like uh, I'm just looking at it. It says 90% chance for precipitation right now. Yeah, says, there's a 30% chance that it's raining outside. Um, there's no, a big dark cloud over the Hudson River right now. That's what I can tell you. <laughs> anyway. Kind of love that. No, it's it's 109 here. Um, Holy but fuck! The humidity, the humidity here, nine percent. So it's 109, and it feels like 109, which is hot. Uh, but uh, it's, I mean, we have no humidity right now. Which on Saturday we had our first rainstorm, and I don't even know how long it was. And I literally went to work. It was sunny. It was cloudless. Uh, clouds started to roll in, like half an hour before I was supposed to leave work, I was like, oh, maybe maybe we'll get like a little sprinkling of rain tonight. And I kid you not, I get in my car and the wind picks up. I drive onto the freeway and see two giant sheets of rain like on either side of the highway about three miles up. And sure enough, like as soon as I made it three miles down the freeway, it just opened up like the sky just it was a deluge and it felt like like something from a really bad CGI movie about like a weather apocalypse because um, it didn't yeah. seem real. Yeah. And and then it was like 40 percent humidity for. I don't know, the next like 24 hours. And when it's this hot and humid then I want to just like curl up in a ball and never wake up. But the, the dry heat is a thing. Um, so I hope you guys are staying cool. I know how much harder it is in New York city to, uh, to cool off when it gets that hot out. Yeah. They're Especially like, when you're uh, as old as you are. Okay. 
happy yes. birthday, uh, Mikey. <laughs> yes, I did just turn 24 uh, on July 4th. 24 um, plus 7. Uh, so I, 24. Why, was why that? is that the age? Why is 24 the age you're going to say? I just think that's a solid age, you know? <laughs> it's your, is, that, is that like the fondest age for you? Probably not the, no, not the fondest. I mean, every, every year I'm alive is the fondest year. Uh, um, I, I don't know. I'm just, it's, I mean, I don't know. I just, it seems like a funny number to pick, but no, I am, I turned 31 on July 4th, uh, which thank you. But I really, it's funny. So just really quickly, my, my dad, uh, turned 60 in March of 2020. So we really didn't get to do anything for his birthday. And so on the July 3rd, that Saturday, uh, we, my mom threw this gigantic surprise party for him at my parents' house. Um, there was like 50 people and me and my brother flew up from Texas and we, we had to get him out of the house for like two and a half hours. So we made him go see Fast Nine with us. What? <laughs> and he's like, so we both but, which Fast by the way, now, I love that for us. Uh, I don't mean to spoil it, but they go to space. So, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. My dad's like, why am I here? And he was very surprised. He was, he was very surprised. And so like July 3rd, it was a, like, it was a rager. Like everyone were like, everyone got very, very drunk. It was an awesome time. And then I think uh, a lot of my family had trouble rallying for the fourth. So it was a very low key, uh, birthday for me, which was fine. But, um, I appreciate the, birthday wishes the birthday shout out i had to i had to get the little the little the little note in there since we didn't yeah. get to uh we didn't really get to do anything for the pod for your birthday which That's is okay. fun because i think i was i was absolutely not in any condition to be um to be uh on a pod on your birthday because yeah. i know yeah. you were having like a rager of a day the day before and yeah, yeah. Yeah. I ended up going out that night, too, is I think my second time going out since not since COVID ended because it hasn't. But since being vaccinated and like cleared to go out places and my coworkers, one of them asked me if I wanted to go to a speakeasy. And I was like, wow, that sounds great. Like just me, my like very casual friend, coworker. Um, we're not going to have anyone else there with us gonna be great it's gonna be really low-key like a speakeasy what could be more low-key than that and then like 20 minutes before we leave work he comes like sashaying over um because that's how he moves around the store and he goes so I invited everyone and I was like no (laughs) and I I had a good time but uh I ended up definitely drinking more than I had planned to because I told them I was like if I'm gonna get through an entire day of working with you guys and then willingly spend my time off with you as well. Like I'm getting really drunk for it. And so I woke up on July 4th and had promised good friend of the pod, Chris gear, um, that I would start running with him that week. And so I like dragged my very tired self out of bed and sludged through a mile, got home and wanted to cry <laughs> yeah I feel you but I'm glad you got to see fast nine by the way because uh yeah I good. for for our listeners um I'm not a I'm not a fast and furious fan I think solely because Corey Crenshaw who 
also had a birthday this week. She's the day after you. So good Happy friend of the pot is her. now. Cancer, cancer gang, rise up. Birthday. Cancer gang, rise up. <laughs> Friends with all the cancers. I love it. Um, yeah. But yeah, she, uh, she's, that's, I, I think that's her favorite movie franchise, like of all time. And so she convinced uh, Richie and I to watch the first one, like, in the middle of the pandemic, because we truly had, like, a bubble of, yeah. like, pandemic cohorts. And so she came over with just, like, me and her and Richie. And we watched the first one, and it was not my cup of tea. I'd wanted you, to watch You don't like the first else. one? No. It was, okay. I, I probably would have been okay with it if I hadn't, like, already had my heart set on something else. But it's also you, kind of not my were cup you of more tea. Of a, were you more of a Gone in 60 Seconds girl with oh Nicolas Cage? You oh ever see God. that one? Uh. No, I, I don't like Nicolas Cage at all. I think we've been over this. I think we, uh, we uh, talked about this when we had uh, Alicia Grasso on the show. Uh, oh, um, yeah. How I, I have a begrudging respect for him now, but like I he makes yeah, me deeply yeah. uncomfortable. I think it's okay. just Okay, Fast but, and Furious. Yeah, so were... I watched the first one. was like, okay, that was two hours of my life that I will never, ever get back. Um, Richie just felt very differently. So he like went into his room and for the next week, like binge watched binge the rest. Them. Yeah, so them, and they then so, were going to see Fast Nine, uh, like the night it opened. And I have very serious FOMO. Like I, I don't like being the only one who doesn't do things. And so I told did him, Did you that go with them? Yeah. Wait, you saw Fast Nine I've, too? I've seen the first one, and then I've seen the ninth one. Okay. And well, a couple things. It was amazing. It slapped so hard. It was uh, such an enjoyable. They went to space in a Pontiac. Like. Yes. Well, they, so I went to see it like opening night and was texting like a few of my friends during it. Well, not during it. Like while it was on, I obviously had my phone off because it's rude to text in the movie theater. But like right before it, I sent a message to two of my friends. Um, and one of them was sweet friend of the pod, Chris Keir, who had not rewatched any of them recently. And he was like, I'm not going to go see Nine until I've rewatched them. Don't spoil it. Oh, and did I spoil all I it? wanted to do when I got out of the movie was talk about that fucking Pontiac in space. Yeah, I mean, I already <laughs> blew it. So, sorry. About it. sorry. I, think he's, I think he's officially seen it now. Uh, okay. So, but anyone that hasn't seen it, I apologize. <laughs> um, the movie itself was, I've, I've only seen the first two, and then I, like, obviously fell off, like, a little similar to you. I've, I have nothing against the Fast and Furious franchise. I know people love them. But I was just like, um, like, this movie's a little all over the place. But it was fun, and it served its purpose for me. It was, uh, it was kind yeah. of like a, I forget which, which It's a summer blockbuster. I think Richie and Corey compared it to uh, Avengers Endgame. Because okay. So <laughs> what? Many, not in quality, but in the fact that everyone from the Fast and the, Furious universe shows up, which, uh, so I haven't oh, seen any of the others, but right, I've watched yeah, I didn't catch up. I didn't catch with Richie. I gotcha. I didn't and catch so everyone from the prior movies basically was in showed it. Showed up. Yeah, and so there were little, like, nods to every single other movie, and little, like, Helen Mirren's in it, and... Yeah, oh, yeah, Helen Mirren was in it, I forgot, yeah, she was in it, and so so was, uh... (laughs) 
Who's so that? Like, who's that rapper? Who's the who's who's the girl that sings WAP? Uh, oh, Cardi B was in it. <laughs> Cardi B, yeah, Cardi, Cardi B was in it. Was in it, and so were Bad Bunny and Ozuna, which. Oh yeah, I didn't even. That. Really happy, like Ozuna played Young Carlos, and so. Oh, oh, okay. I was, we were sitting there in the theater, and I was just like wiggling in my seat. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Ozuna, and we get out of the theater. And I pulled up the IMDb, and I was like, yes. Every good Latino artist was in that movie um, because apparently right. so was Don Omar, who did one of the songs for Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. So it was just like this giant. Wow, you are like, very well versed to... <laughs> in the There's Fast and Furious. Never seen cin- any of the others. Yeah, <laughs> the Fast and Furious cinematic universe. But it was right. it was extremely fun. Um, so I'm well, glad now, that you have to do. Yeah. Well, now that we got our fast, the our they should sponsor us. Um, <laughs> but now, so we had uh, a hockey game last night. Um, I guess, yeah. It was probably the best hockey game of this, or best Stanley Cup game so far. It was Game Four uh, between Tampa Bay and Montreal. And did you watch any of it? Or I unfortunately did. Um, I you think didn't like I've, it? so I've made it. I feel like as clear as possible on social, number one, that I try not to be like a homer, right? Because I yeah. I ultimately cover all the goalies in the league, love them all equally. Um, and so I try not to be like, ah, screw that team. But like the two teams that I would want to win the least this year are the two that are in the final. Like I don't care about Tampa winning again they had their stupid boat party in the middle of a raging pandemic while everyone else was locked in their homes and like thanked their crappy Republican governor for opening things back up to have their parade. And like, that was stupid. I hated that. That made me super bitter. And I, I grew up watching the Bruins. So I don't obviously like Montreal very much. Um, And so there are so many other teams that, I would have been like, hey, what a cool story for them. Right. You would have been but okay with them winning. These two teams, like, I, I think I tweeted, like, the picture where I was like, I hope they both lose. Um, yeah. And so I guess last night was as, as good of a game for me as it could get because neither team won in regulation. So they, in a yeah. way, they both lost. Um, but, no, it well, was I it was a good game. I watched parts of it. I, yeah. I mean... I haven't, loved the goaltending in this series there have been some big saves some timely saves and then there's been some really shitty yeah I mean it seems that Carey Price I mean Vasilevsky really had I mean maybe some of the goals he gave up weren't great but it's not like he gave up he's given up a ton through the first four games like uh uh the the game three was kind of like yeah there was a couple goals you're like eh but Carey Price like did not play well the first three games and then I thought last night he was really, really good. So, and obviously Carey Price is like, not to discredit anything that the Montreal Canadiens have done, uh, but he's like really helped carry them to the Stanley Cup Finals. Like he's just he was. I very have a fun open. stat for you. Go ahead. Uh, he has won more games in the playoffs than he won in the regular season. Wait, really? Yeah. Yeah, I I did not know that. The more you know. Um, 
I didn't know that either until I was I was looking to see like what his save percentages for for the playoffs, which is obviously not the be all end all. But yeah, he was he was very not he was not going to be the one winning them those first few games, and the rest of the team was like, well, we're not going to be the ones winning it for us either. So yeah, because I, I mean, thought Andre Vasilevsky looked fine, but he didn't like. Carey Price has been a Con Smythe candidate through the playoffs, and Andre Vasilevsky in the first three games was not the shining star. Like other players were much more crucial than he was, namely Carey Price in the wrong direction. But I don't yeah. know. It's, it's been okay goaltending wise. Um, it's been kind of fun story wise in that I think it's cool that Pat Maroon will have won like. Oh, I'm so tired of that guy. I'm so tired of Fat Rune. I kind of love him. I kind of love him because everyone hates him. No, he's like he's this like he's to me almost like Phil Kessel, except not nearly as talented. Like he's this guy who you look at. You're like that guy's not a professional athlete. Like that guy's I, not even I give him, an athlete. I, and like good for I will him agree with he is. And I will, he's grinding it. Like he's Yeah, I will agree with I will I will agree with that. Um but I'm just uh you know, he's just one of those players. He's a player that when you're playing against him you're like I fucking hate Pat Maroon. Uh I'm I'm pulling for the Canadians all the way. Obviously, I don't think they're going to win, but it was cool that they got to get a win on home ice or whatever. Um just because I I'm I the Islanders fan and the Lightning have beat the Islanders the past 2 years in the Eastern Conference semifinal uh conference finals or whatever. So, yeah, I don't know. I and I'm not it's just very easy to root against the Lightning because A, they won last year and they again they had that stupid cup parade. Uh, in the middle of a pan, I, it was like in the middle of a pandemic when things started was starting to get bad again, and um, so yeah, yeah. So that that's one reason. The second reason, listen, I, I'm not they they're 18 million over the cap, and I everyone's like, yeah, but if your team your team would do it too if they could, blah blah blah. And I'm just like, yeah, I, I of course I and like if my team was 18 mil over the cap, but they you know circumvented it with long-term injured reserved and were able to have their MVP come back for the playoffs. Yeah. I would like, I wouldn't care either, but it's still fucking annoying. <laughs> like it's really <laughs> annoying that Kucherov got to come back from the playoffs and he might win Conn Smythe. Like he might, if they win, I th- I think he might be the favorite for Conn Smythe or I guess maybe Braden point, but I don't know how I haven't really looked at his numbers in the Stanley cup so far, but they, I, I mean, kinda, he had, a, I kinda he had like a nine, he had a nine goal, uh, streak in the play like a nine game goal streak uh during the playoffs but it's still really annoying uh i think i think just in terms of atmosphere like montreal obviously can't have they are they're not increasing their crowd size so like i don't know it's not really you're not getting like a stanley cup game at the bell center you know what i mean where it would be like packed house and tampa bay plays in the quietest fucking arena i've ever listened to my god it's like it's boring it's just boring it's really boring and for for people that were complaining that montreal and the islanders would have been like really bad for hockey and bad for bad for the sport this is one of the this is an incredibly boring stanley cup finals so i i yeah that's that's my feelings on it I think that's fair. I 
My only caveat is that I love that Tampa Bay managed to find a way to cheat without cheating. Listen, any because team would I do like it. it from, I like it from, like, the shitheel perspective. Like, yeah, like the bad like guy. the Corey Perry, the Brad Marchand, the Leo Komarov. Like, that's being a piece of shit without being Tom Wilson. Like, Yeah, no, I listen, and any team, if you could do it, if they were able to do it, they would do it. Like, of course. Right, you know? like if, that's, that's my thing, is if, like, let's look at, let's look at the Bruins, who were eliminated already, so, like, we're sad anyway. But if they could get away with Brad Marchand, who finished fifth in heart voting this year, if they could have him sit out the entire season and then still dominate and be a top playoff seed, like, good for them. I think any other team in the league, if you took away their number, look at look at Dallas. Dallas didn't have Tyler Sagan for ninety percent of the season. Yeah, it showed. Like that was that was embarrassing. If the Coyotes lost their top players, like they it would show. If if the Islanders lost Matt Barzell for ninety percent of well, the season, that would they show. Lost, they lost um they lost Anders Lee, their captain, and their you know he's their uh. On their first line, he's like one of the better power forwards in the NHL, and there's a chance that he, if they went, you know, the distance to the Stanley Cup Finals, there is, you know, maybe talk that he could come back. And if they did that, they would be way over the salary cap, and I'd be like, I don't care, <laughs> like, right? <laughs> but but the fact is, Tampa's doing it, the Islanders didn't, and it's fucking annoying to me. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't have to be logical. I'm a fan. Like, I can just say it's it's a pain in the ass, and uh, especially because it's Kucherov too, who's you can make it. He's a he might be a top three player in the NHL usually. Like, you know what I mean? And so, um, from that aspect, yeah, it was it was a little. That's what frustrates me, and also just because the Islanders lost in seven heartbreaking games this year. Um, but you know, it, I, I'm hoping. Montreal can stretch this series a little bit because I do still kind of like watching hockey in the summer. I don't know about you. I I can't tell. I can't tell how I feel. And I think it's because this last year and a half has been this like shitty fever dream. Like I feel like it's fucking Groundhog Day, right? I feel like the last year and a half at this point has just been – it's felt like it's 10 years long and it also feels like time flies by because things that I want to get done, like aren't getting done. And so I'm like, Oh, I told myself I'd, you know, I'd finish wallpapering the top corner of my daughter's room uh, a month and a half ago. And (laughs) somehow I have all the time in the world to like wallow, but also haven't gotten it done. So like, I can't tell if I don't care about, the games in the summer because it's the summer and I'm exhausted. If it's because it's the pandemic, if it's because it's the teams, like I, I don't know. I feel like I would like to think that if, for example, it was Boston v Boston versus Vancouver, right? Like that'd be a pretty cool game for the Stanley cup final, which couldn't happen this year. But if that had happened, would I have been more excited and would I be enjoying this more? I don't know. Like I, I honestly can't tell. I think my, I, I agree. I get what you're saying for sure. I think I, I'm enjoying it more, way more 
than um, this the the bubble the, the bubble uh, playoff. I think like the bubble playoffs are. It was nice. It served its purpose, and like you know, it was fun having uh, all those games. You like remember like when they were doing the playing tournament? Uh, like you'd have games on a Wednesday at like three o'clock, right? like three o'clock in the afternoon. So you have something to watch and there's always a game on, which was cool and everything, but it's just, I, man, it's, it's really great seeing just like packed or packed rinks around the U S again. It's just my feeling on it. Like it, it, I, I'm it, the electricity of like a crowd in playoff hockey. I, you can't beat it, you know? So that's, that's why I, I like, it's brought me back a little bit, even though I just ragged on Tampa's and Montreal's crowds, but do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do. I think that that's probably part of it, I guess. Um, like, it feels good to, it felt like, uh, yeah, it feels, it feels nice. It's just like, there's not, there was not a lot of things, there's not a lot of things to feel great about. And it just, it feels nice that like, you know, people are vaccinated and we're, are able to go to games. It's, I, it's a lot of fun to see, I think. I will say I, I've enjoyed it more over the last couple weeks, um, mostly because the first little bit, like when when they were allowing fans back into arenas, I didn't enjoy watching it, even though people were like, oh, there's finally a sense of normalcy, like, let's embrace it. I was like, no, that's still super unsafe. And it just, it made me uncomfortable watching it. And probably partially for the same reason that like I went along to see a movie two weeks ago that is only the second one of an entire series I've seen. Um, I, I was probably a little bitter that, you know, there were some health situations in my extended family and I didn't right feel like there was any condition in which I was going to be comfortable being at the arena this year. And so sure. I didn't go to any games in person. And I think I was a little bitter about it and it made me uncomfortable. And I was nervous for the people who did go. Uh, and think... now that more people are vaccinated and I can start doing things too, which is like probably the greediest thing I've like, that's the most selfish thing I've ever said, but I'll be honest about it. Like, I think that now that I'm able to start going out places again, I'm enjoying watching other people go oh. out places to games. Like, I think that's, yeah. that's part of it too. Like I was, almost not enjoying watching games well, because they, seeing people at the games is making me angry and now that like people, i can go i feel they, fine they were letting people go uh they were letting people back into games like in the winter when like you know teams it, started with fans in the arenas yeah there were yeah, teams that yes, started yeah. it yeah, and you know this was this was a very dark winter, like in terms of just everything. So, I I definitely felt the same and felt very uneasy, um, like like once fit. But I think once like May, especially in New York, like middle of May rolled around when like the NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs start. Yet a yet a ma- majority of New Yorkers were are vaccinated. So it just like it it was uh, yeah that once like may rolled around the late late spring i i felt like okay like i feel better um but yeah i, I definitely get what you're saying but yeah it's, it, it's nice it to get back to doing now things. yeah 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 for sure for sure um i mean it's just like I, I i got to go to a couple games during the islanders playoffs runs and that was unbelievable and like a really fun experience to be part of and uh 
yeah. So yeah, that was I was cool. gonna say speaking of speaking of being able to go to things, um, yeah. it's been a delight watching you like live your hot boy summer here. Um, getting oh, to go to I the know. games, having like the time of your life. Um, how was it? Because because the Coliseum was amazing. Like that was yeah, that was one of the most yeah. fun buildings I've ever been in. And knowing that, like, it makes me kind of nostalgic and kind of sad that I won't ever get to see a game there again. But I know at the same sure. time, like. How cool was it getting to be there for that? So I went to two games. Um, I went to game four in the against the Bruins series, and I, both my experiences were very different, but equally as fun. Um, game, I went to game four against the Bruins. Kate surprised me and bought me tickets for my birthday like a month early, and we went. We went to the... Uh, we got there early, a little early, went to the Marriott <laughs> across the, we're all like, and everyone just packs the Marriott sports bar and it's just filled with like a bunch of like drunk, annoying, rowdy Islander fans. And there's like people tailgating. So she got to experience like an Islander playoff hockey game and we were in the last row, but we, it was so much fun. We, you know, drank too many Bud Light tall boys. Um, it was a really good experience. They won that game. And then after my brother, after that series like ended, my brother, who lives in Texas, uh, like me and my dad and him are texting. My dad's like, Brian, do you think you can make it up to a game, you know, against the Lightning? And the next day, my brother's like, I got us tickets for Game Six, and we're like, Holy shit! How do you, how are you able to do that? Do you want to tell tell us how much they cost or where we were sitting? And then the day of the game rolls around, and uh, we're three rows from the ice. Uh, which is like the closest I've ever said, like we were right there. And then, you know, it was game six. Isles were down in the series three to two. They fall down uh, to nothing in the second period during that game. And my brother's like, I just spent so much fucking money to watch them get eliminated. And uh, <laughs> he was, we were like, we were like, I think we we're all ready to start crying into our beers, me, my dad and my brother. But then they, they came, came back, um, and we were right there, and they came back to tie it, and they won, like, tw- a minute into overtime, and they scored where we were sitting, so it's just, like, and that was the last game, obviously, they'd lose game seven, so that was the last game ever at the Coliseum, but it was, like, very, it meant a lot to me and my brother and my dad, because, you know, we had season tickets when I, when I was growing up, and, you know, my dad played high school games at the Coliseum, and saw, like, a, the Dynasty team, so it was really cool, it was really fun to be a part of, and then everyone threw beers onto the ice. Which uh, was very uh, Long Island, um, and that's that's the only thing I will say about. It. I know people had a lot of different takes, but uh, Anthony Beauvillier, who scored the goal, game-winning goal, he's like, it uh, it smelled like cigarettes going into the overtime, and then it it. Oh, uh, that's the true NASA quality. Yeah, <laughs> and then it it, sm- it smelled like beer after because. Uh, the crowd decided to give him a beer shower, but it was cool. It was a fun That's experience. The NASA Coliseum thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh yeah, it's just, <laughs> like, I, I remember Kate asked me, "She's like, what are Islander fans like?" And I'm like, cigarettes and beer. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, it's just like the word gabagool is the only thing that uh, comes to mind. Like, this is very uh, New York and yeah, very blue collar, but. But yeah, like very, very Long Island. Like, yeah, that's because the Rangers. Cut, you think about like seeing a celebrity on the big screen. Yeah, you have this, like bougie, like at MSG. Yep. And you see people wearing like blinged out Rangers. Suits, which, no disrespect. Rangers Wall are Street, like 
good for them. But yeah, Wall Street Bros. I can almost see like a cloud of smoke in Yeah. I feel like you view games at the NASA Coliseum through like an Instagram filter. Yeah, that is such a good, that is like the perfect (laughs) description of it. It really is. Yeah, but it's, I don't know, it's it's such a dump, but it's, I think anyone that's ever watched like a really good hockey game there, like Packed House, understands how special it is, but you know, it's it's time to move on. It's time to leave the past in the past for like that place was supposed to close like five different times. So let's just, uh, I'm, I'm ready to move on. And, uh, the rink at Belmont is the arena at Belmont's going to rock. And, uh, it's right on the Nassau on Queens border. You have the backdrop of, you know, Manhattan right there. So it's, it'll be really good for, for the Islanders. And, um, it's fun. It's the, the Islanders like are the team that trolls, you know, everyone going into the playoffs because they just they beat teams and they're not expected to beat teams you know according to analytical model analytic models and from vegas either so it's it's always i always enjoy i've enjoyed the ride the past couple of years it's been fun watching them it's been a lot of fun yeah. watching them. i uh, will just wrapping it up with them like last year i was like happy to be there in the Eastern Conference final. I want to fucking win this year. And I, I wanted to <laughs> win the cup. And like that's the expectation now. Like Stanley Cup final or bust. So with them, uh as a lot of teams, probably maybe not the Coyotes. They probably have cap space, but uh, No, Coyotes are right up against the cap. Oh, are they? So uh, along with I feel like twenty eight teams but are like up against the cap. The Islanders are gonna have to make, you know, they're going to have to do some wiggling and you have the expansion draft. So there's going to be a lot of, I think it's going to be a really it's interesting, be a really hard summer and yeah. not in a different way from last year's hard summer, obviously, but like, yeah. it's going to be really tricky for teams because I mean, we're, we're currently in this weird flat cap era after, like, I think we even talked about it on the pod when we first got started because we had no idea yeah. that the pandemic would last this long and that it would have this sort of financial fallout. But we were in a period of just, like, massive prosperity for the league and not not in the way that the yeah. NBA's had or, it in the NFL, yeah, but, like, sure. teams were actually getting to sign. Like, when the Coyotes signed Clayton Keller to his deal and when they signed Nick Schmaltz to his deal – they looked like they were acceptable but not steals at the time. But we were like, oh, you know, these deals are – if the cap keeps going up, two to three million that's, every year. Yeah, that's like every deal, deal I feel like. Within like yeah, four to five yeah. years. And you expect you expect the cap to go up, so you go, oh, this is not a bad – you know, a 4.5, 5.5 cap hit. You go, yeah, this, this will be fine in a couple of years. It was like – Exactly. It was one of those things where it was like, oh, you know, teams are signing guys with the expectation that if they continue to improve, the deal's going to become a steal. And if they don't, I mean, there's going to be more cap space in the near future. So that's fine. And then it, essentially COVID was like, Heh, jokes on you guys. Um, so it's it's going to be a weird off season because they're going to be I think they're going to be players who don't deserve to get shuffled off or bought out that are going to have to. And so it's, it's going to be hard, but so, yeah, uh, I, I, what I think, and I think we're starting to see this now. Um, we saw it with two deals um, that just came out. Uh, oh, well, I, first of all, I do think I, I, I have to think that there's going to be some kind of like, com- 
like a buy like a buy they're going teams are going to be able to do a buyout without any penalty with the cap or anything like that i just i have to think that's going to happen like to give some teams relief but you never know like the league might might not do that the they might not be able to come to an agreement with the players association i don't know how that works with under the current cba or whatever agreement they have but anyway we saw ryan Eugene hopkins get like he got eight years he got eight years and i like him as a player i think he's a really good player I think he's a solid, like a very solid player. But his cap hit is like it's fine. His cap hit is fine. It's not too much. I think you're gonna see guys, and we uh, same thing with a uh, guy from Minnesota, uh, Erickson Eck or whatever his name is. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. I think he got seven or eight years. I think we're gonna see a lot of guys get uh, longer deals, but for a much more reasonable cap hit. I think you're gonna see deals go much longer, but at a you, they they'll just make a you know a they won't make as much as they would on the open market. If it right, like bottle. I think I think Ryan Nugent Hopkins as a player, based on the way that the cap was going, I mean he he made six mil on his last deal. He was a I think it was a six by yeah it was six by seven. That was a good deal. Like yeah. I know there are Oilers fans who think it wasn't whatever. I think ninety percent of their fans liked the deal. They liked the player. He's he's awesome. Love him. Yeah, he's a, he's a, good, he's a good guy. Good, good player. Um, it's a little bizarre to see that he's got this eight-year deal because I think somebody brought up that when that deal's over, he'll have spent more time with the Oilers than like Yarmir Yager had, like than Yarmir Yager had spent in the NHL. Like it's some stupid long period because at that point it's been eight years on this deal, seven years on the last, three on the one before before that 18 years with the Oilers like first off who does that to themselves but <laughs> I, I I he's comfortable so I I mean yeah. I, how old is he now he's 28 he's 28 yeah so it's a it's a, it's the kind of deal that feasibly he could play out through the end of it although I can't imagine spending 18 years with the Oilers but it's like the cap hit that he got 5.125 mil that's perfect. That's lower than I thought he would have gotten. You you take so you're gonna see guys take I think a lower cap exactly. hit, but then be like, give me six or seven years, and then I think the thing with uh, Eugene Hopkins is he, I think what people had a problem with with that contract was yeah the years are long eight years. Uh, I think the fact that he has a no trade clause. So you're really like if if he falls off a cliff when he hits I don't know his it's not just no trade it's a full no movement full, oh full <laughs> no movement so you can't if you know so if uh, he doesn't want to leave like they can't yeah. even send him down to the minors even if like let's say there's another team that comes into league which I don't think they're planning but you know it's eight years from now like you can't expose him to that you can't you can't you know trade him to a a team that's you know in a full rebuild and needs to that just wants to take on salary so you're that's where you're kind of really handcuffing him. But, I mean, 5.1, again, you can live with that. Again, as we were saying earlier, if the, the cap has to go up at some point, right? So, like, like the... One would hope so. God, one would hope so. I think it will because you also have these new TV deals with ESPN as well as um, TNT. And I think that's going to be... That should be really good for the league. Um, and you'd think, you know, okay, they, they'd be able... after getting through this rough patch with a, you know, a flat cap, they'll be able to start increasing the cap. That's what the NBA got to do with their TV deal with ESPN. 
Like they made so much money off of it. So hopefully the league, if they're smart, they'll be able to, it'll be able to do the same thing, but it's going to, yeah. Like accepted. It's the league. I, I think that's, that's an interesting point though. Uh, bringing up the TV deal with ESPN because I, so for our listeners, a uh, friend of the pod and delightful roommate, Richie Flores over here um, is, He's a huge basketball fan, and I always forget that because I always, in my head, think of him as being a big baseball fan first and then being a hockey fan and then maybe having, like, football and then basketball, like, way down the line. But basketball was his first sport. Like, he loved basketball growing up and then got into the other sports. So he's this huge Suns fan. Yeah. He's currently – he's finals. He might be back home now. I don't remember if I saw him walk back in. Um, but he was headed out to Sprouts at one point to buy beverages for tonight because he's <laughs> going to get loud watching game one. Um, but so we have basketball on in the house a lot and just watching the way that Shaq and Charles Barkley interact. Oh, it's great. The way they, that they, NBC yeah. has marketed things has yeah. been atrocious. Like they have good graphics. They have. I, I won't say they have good business practice there because they black out too many games, but like whatever. The way that Charles Barkley and Shaq interact, even if you take out the fact that you have ABC and ESPN and TNT, this variety of different outlets to cover hockey now, even if you take that away, the way that TNT markets basketball with those two personalities and with the free reign they get to not just be about basketball yeah say whatever they want basically there's there's nothing that even touches that in hockey the closest we've ever had is don cherry who also got to say whatever he wanted and it was all racist garbage yeah he was a bigot um like yeah i mean watching i think it was like i think it was during the last uh it might have been during the last suns game um against the clippers um we were watching their show and like they were doing their panel and they'd come back from the commercial break and Charles Barkley had been looking something up on his phone and couldn't figure out how to turn the video off. <laughs> so they were trying to get things started and he's got like this video playing in the playing background. In the background. Yeah. It's it out. And so I mean... one of the others went up to him, took his phone and like walked it backstage and set it in the back of the room. Like they took yeah. his phone away from him. Imagine like just, for fun imagine if anybody had ever done something like that for the for mike milbury yeah like yeah first off he would have had just the biggest temper tantrum like i i'd pay money to see that happen but like he'd have the biggest temper tantrum they there's no personality in who they have there's big names that are like if you're in hockey and you love hockey and you watch it all yeah you talk about the controversy of Mike Milbury and you talk about the controversy of Mike Babcock and whatever. But for people outside of basketball, watching Shaq yeah. walk around in his fuzzy slippers, watching yeah, the two of them pull out their like their hot take button and like have their disco start going when they were talking at each other through the glass and they were like just making roasting each other the whole time. Like that's the kind of stuff that hockey hasn't had 
And I'm fascinated so, to see if they can pull that off with because I, I, I don't think the, anyone they've hired so far has that. But I'm I'm open to seeing some of them try. Like I'm open to about, seeing some of the people try. What about ESPN had that had a really big announcement um, with all the personalities they've hired for like analysis and stuff like that. Did you did you I, see that? I did, and I think they did a good job when it came to the diversity. Because they number one, they have four Spanish analysts, which yeah, that's the fact that the U.S. like that's that's what the second most frequently spoken uh, language in the U.S. Sure. and we didn't have any for NBC. Like that was that was shameful. But uh, so they agree. have four. Absolutely. They have uh, Kalia Johnson. She's from the NWHL, uh, she, and then the PWHPA. She played no, in the CW Knight. too. Hillary Knight's going to be there. Um, there were a couple other big names, too, and now I feel bad that I've forgotten them. But none of them, to me, with no disrespect to any of them, none of them stuck out as being. I think uh, I think I think Mark Messier will be interesting. Uh, I, I'm hoping he's not a just a crotchety old player. You know what I mean? It surprised me. Like, I, I feel like. Cat, like they, they also hired Cassie Campbell Pascal, which is great for Jen Botterill, who I think is probably going to be taking over her role in Canada. Um, yeah. And she's been great so far. But like Canada's come the closest to having that Charles Barkley, Shaq type, yeah. Stephen A. Smith type personality. And it's Kevin fucking Bieksa. <laughs> yeah, like, that's true. Okay. Yeah. Been, I mean, like he's I, done so much for that. He's will, been so I will say it's so just from they, they've hired some people from like that do local here, like in the New York market. Like they, they hired um like they hired Rick DiPietro, who he's I, I think he'll be a he could be a fun he's personality. He could, he, be fun. He, he could be. He's really good on the radio. He does ESPN New York here. And like uh, he he's he's pretty good. I think he could be. An, and A.G. Malesko, just in t- terms of, of analyzing the game, she is like amazing. She's the best part of the NBC broadcast and she does all the Islanders locals game. So she like I think she could be really good. Um, I'm trying yeah, to think. Like, Brian Boucher, right? Like I think yeah. A.J. and Brian are going to be two of the best from like a talent standpoint of yes. who they've announced. But yeah, I, I will say Ricky you have. Pietro, this, I think that's that's who I have my money on for being the closest could, to being that. Yeah, yeah, probably him. Kevin Weeks, who I think is really like he's good too in terms of a uh, analysis standpoint. But yeah, in terms of personality, I know like he's Barry like Barry Melrose with you pair him with Stephen A. Like I don't know, like that could be pretty funny. <laughs> I I would I would watch that. I I don't think they would do that for that long though. I think part of it is like that Charles Barkley and Shaq, they're they're yes. friends. Like I don't think that yeah. Stephen A. and Barry Mel- Melrose would be able to pull that off for the same duration that Shaq and Charles have. I, I like, I know he's an old hockey guy. I give Barry Melrose a lot of credit because he kind of kept the light on for hockey at ESPN. Like he's their only hockey guy forever. So like, uh, I, I think, I think you could do like funny stuff with him maybe, but, and I honestly, I do think having it on ESPN and you have Stephen A who is like, I know he's not going to be doing hockey stuff like, regularly or anything like that but if you if you just have him talking about hockey on like his uh one of his talking head shows like uh first take or or whatever it is i mean he is he's such a, a powerhouse uh 
sports media personality. You know what I mean? Like, right. He's 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 in memes, his videos. Like, if you could have that, you know, being able to push out that kind of content for the NHL, I think that would be huge. And I think I think if you, you can yeah. have him, if you can have him in buy in though, because I think the little sound bites he's done so far are funny, but they're gonna get old really fast if he right. continues not. Like, part of what makes him hilarious is that he's. I mean. He's loud. He's 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 a caricature of himself half the time, right? But he knows he knows what he knows he's doing. Stuff. Knows how to work like, the mic. He knows well, and he knows his stuff. Even if we disagree with some of his takes, like the way that he talks about the Knicks when he melts down, and the way that he <laughs> yeah. talked about Connor McDavid, we're like those are two completely different things. And I think that if he continues to talk about hockey the way he talked about Connor McDavid, it's not going to work. But if you don't he, think so. If he, I think if he buys in enough to even just know what's going on with the sport, like, even if he just gets, like, if he follows, even if it's just one team, like, even if he follows the Islanders with a fraction of the interest that he follows the Knicks, it'll be brilliant. But right now, he really only knows what he gets from the headlines because he doesn't care. And that's fine. Like, he didn't have to care before. That's totally fine, and I still thought it was funny. But if he does that all the time, it's going to get old, especially to people who hockey's a source of pride for them. And he right now treats hockey as something to make fun of, which it is. Like, hockey can't get out of its own way. But if it's continually the shtick he pulls, that's not going to draw people in. It's going to be if You don't think it'll draw new people in? No, because I think... You you can only draw new people in if you draw them in with a kind of like like what Shaq does, right? And like what Charles yeah. Barkley does. You can make a joke like and what Stephen A does with the Knicks. Like he absolutely roasted them a couple of years but back. He also, he, but then he, he also provides. talks about them in a serious way. So yeah, yeah, nobody's sure. going to give a shit about a sport that he's constantly like, this is a joke. Nobody's Nobody wants to follow a joke. Like nobody cares. Um, yeah, that's why yeah. nobody. That's why the Oilers don't get new fans. But, but no, I, I think, I think DiPietro actually could be the golden ticket. Cause like, I, yeah. I don't get to hear him cause he's on local radio for you guys. So we don't really get it out here, but I remember he was on a TV broadcast at one point and I just like tweeted out a screen cap of it and said, Rick DiPietro really showed up to the studio with that fuck you money jacket on. Because <laughs> yeah. he was wearing like somebody's grandmother's couch in yeah, blazer form. And he just sat there looking as proud as punch. And and he's funny. Like he's yeah, good he, at what he does, but he's funny. Yeah, he's very, uh, he's, I think he's been probably been humbled by his uh, career. Just, being, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how, I don't want to call him a bust because he, but, you know, he was first overall pick and his just career really just got derailed, unfortunately, because of injuries. That guy's making money forever. <laughs> so, like, yeah, uh, he, he got bought out of a 15 year contract and I think it's going to run till the year 3000. So I I, I think he's uh, he knows how to laugh at himself, too. But he, he provides, you know, he's he was in the league, too. So you but he knows how to kind of bring some personality, which I, I don't think you could really say for the talent that's on the NBC broadcast right now. It's just, I, right. I don't know, but I don't watch intermission reports when it's on. Uh, I mean, I just I don't. I watch Patrick Sharp. 
because well, he's gorgeous. Yeah, he's, he's, the, he's, he's surprisingly handsome. insightful too. Like yes. I think Patrick Sharp makes some very good points, but that's not casual. Like I don't go to a bar yeah. to watch Patrick Sharp break things down in an insightful way. I yeah. watch that at home by myself, yeah. not just because it's Patrick Sharp. It's just, I'm always, <laughs> there's no, there's no like comedic relief like there is there's no hook there like there's no i'm just always i'm always just grading my like especially this is just probably my personality but like during the playoffs i'm like i can't watch intermission i just like there's no comic relief it's just too much like it's i'm just grading my teeth because it's just like the same and i I understand you need to analyze what happened in the period before in between periods and whatever but it's just like oh it's just the same over and over again it's just they don't I, I would be shocked to see how many people actually watch their intermission reports. And that's not a knock on like people like Patrick Sharp or Dominic Moore. Cause I, I think they're very good at their jobs and, and Anson Carter as well. But um, yeah, I think, I think it'll be really interesting to see what will happen with, um, with the whole TV deal this off season and just wrapping that up. Do you, when do you, do you think the lightning win next game? Yes or no? Uh, oh god um in tampa on wednesday tomorrow yeah you think they send you think they wrap it up i'm i'll say yes yeah i i want to make a spicy prediction i i kind of hope that this gets dragged on just to to stress out all their fans because like i i love to see their fans have elevated blood pressure for a little while longer but no, I think I think Tampa's going to close it out. Okay. Do you Now I'll do I'll turn you, it back on you. Do you yeah. think that Tampa did that on purpose? <laughs> no. Even if they I didn't do, do it entirely intentionally, do you think I that it's somewhere no, in there? I, no, I don't I don't think I don't know. At the end of the day, these guys are I, I, they're pros, so like I think they just. But at the same time, you know, they're winning their second Stanley Cup, and they'd only win it from, you know, they celebrated in an empty arena last year. They would only get to celebrate in front of like five Canadian fans this year. Maybe, maybe <laughs> like maybe, but even if they won it, it's not going to be much louder down in Tampa. Um, burn. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. It would be fun to see it drag on a little bit but it, it would take a uh you know but this is the same team that you know came back down three games to one against toronto in the first round so you never you know never know and then do, I, i'm sorry to bring this up but like the discourse this playoffs about how certain teams winning are bad for hockey it's bad for hockey uh, which I, I i've never heard I any I've never heard that in any other sport. I never heard like when the Giants it happens who were in basketball. it happens in basketball. Like right now, people I, I, I guess. are there's been, yeah, there's been some hot takery about about the yeah. fact that it was the Clippers and the Suns. Um, I forget who it was. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Richie if he remembers who who said it, but somebody was complaining that. They said there's no way that the NBA is happy with this when the Suns advanced past the Lakers. There's that's and so untrue. That's like I think that's that is so untrue to me. I think yeah. Even in hockey, it there's so much. 
I know that hockey loves to market itself as being like we before me. It's it's a team sport. It's not about the individual players who win. Blah blah blah. No, it's it's about having marketable, fun players. Yeah. Cups. It's about having fun storylines. It's we live in. This isn't the this isn't the 80s. This isn't even the 90s where if you didn't live in a team's market, you couldn't watch their game. And I mean, if you were the Blackhawks, you couldn't watch their game. Yeah, that's true. Um, like we don't we don't live in an era anymore where if a team's winning the Stanley Cup, only their fans are able to see it. Like we right. live in an era where you and I can be watching Montreal Tampa Bay from opposite coasts. Neither of us live in either market. Yeah. Um, so I, and so it doesn't matter anymore. It, uh, I just, which I, I feel like there's still some, some loyalty to like the hometown team. Right. But people move around a lot. Yeah. And uh, I just, I, I've just never seen so many like people complain that it's bad. You know, it's bad for the league when Tom, Wilson like body slams someone <laughs> that, that's bad for the league the Montreal Canadiens going to the Stanley Cup even though they finished 18th in the league or whatever that's not bad for the league whatever it's a fun story like my yeah, god who cares funny. like it's it's cool it's a cool thing it's it's a niche thing like people turn around and complain about the NBA being so stacked that it's predictable like the yeah, exact yeah. same people who complain that exactly. the underdog team yeah. made it to the top are the ones who are like, oh well, I, I hate the you know, super fun team. It's fun to watch the NBA because they yeah. have super teams. You, so it's that is that is like 100. percent That is nailed it 100 percent on the mark. They are the same fucking people that complain about super teams in the NBA. Which, by the way, I think is really cool this year in the NBA that you have two teams that built through the draft and added like added the right veteran players to play with guys they drafted you you have that with the phoenix i know this is an nba uh podcast but i love it is today yeah uh (laughs) like you have that with the phoenix suns and the milwaukee bucks and you have chris paul who's a hall of famer playing playing for a chance to win a title like that's a great storyline you have the bucks who have always been really good finally like they've been really excuse me been really good like especially the past three or four years finally playing in an NBA final. That's cool. Those are good storylines. People that pretend to care about the league, but based on which teams make it to the fucking finals or Stanley cup are ridiculous. Like that's the, and also the NBA is fine. They're doing fine. Like this has been your latest episode of three cheers for Draymond green. Yeah, Um, yeah, exactly. Speaking of things that are not hockey though. um, I, we wanted to keep this one a little shorter. uh, So I do want to make sure that, I quickly go over two things. Number one, um, I think you need to tell our listeners how badly you embarrassed me um, <laughs> on the Brews and Bruins 100th episode. Um, and you didn't embarrass me by doing something to shame me. You embarrassed me by proving just how just completely out to lunch I am right now. Um, so, I think we should let everyone know what happened. <laughs> so our our friends on the uh, Bruin, Brews and Bruins uh, podcast, who it's run by our friends Chris, Drew, and Cam, uh, they had their 100th episode, and um, they they asked. Uh, 
you and myself uh, to and several other people that they've had on their podcast throughout you know their 100 episodes to leave a message. So I they let the record show by the way that because you listened to the episode too, right? And yes. at the beginning well, they it. said they said we asked some close friends of the show to mention I either their favorite memory or their most memorable episode. And that's not at all what Chris Gear asked me to do. He said, hey, <laughs> go ahead and give us a shout out for our 100th episode. And I said, so what does that mean? Is that like happy Saturday tits out for the boys? Or is it like, hey, guys, this is Kat Silverman. Wanted to congratulate you on this. And he was like, it's whatever you want. Right. <laughs> so, so he didn't, he didn't I, really I got give a completely you direction. different message. Yeah, he gave me no direction. Yeah. He just told me, leave us a 100th, it's our 100th episode, you should leave us a message. So, and I forgot about it, like, in true, what is our podcast fashion, I forgot about it, and uh, we both I didn't did. record we it. We had till, to remind both yeah. of us the night of. Um, yes, he, he, he texted me on Thursday night, and Thursday night I was out, and I'm like, shit, and then Friday night I was a little hungover from being out, so I'm like, all right, let me, uh, and I, 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 I was sitting on my couch Friday morning, like right before I was going to work. And I knew that Chris had like flown into Massachusetts to watch the game, to watch an one of the Islanders Bruins game <laughs> with the, at a Chili's because they were like live tweeting it. And so I pretended he watched it with Drew and then watched, watched their it. other co-host Cam did not Couldn't... bother showing up. So they right. brought Nick Lanciani. <laughs> yes. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so I knew that going into the recording. So I pretended that I was the manager of uh, the Chili's that they were at. And if you ever watched uh, the, the Netflix show, I think you should leave when you go number two, they call it a mud pie. So I kept saying <laughs> that they kept stinking up the bathroom with the mud pies. And then I, I said, I've also got a call from the McDonald's up in Portland and cam also was stinking up the bathroom with mud pies. And uh, then I, after I was like, did the whole bit, uh, I, I said, oh, you know, it's Michael Radigan. Congrats on 100 episodes, blah, blah, blah. And then <laughs> would you like, you're like, did you hear that? You like text me like, did you hear that Chili's waiter? Like leave a <laughs> message. So I, I very notoriously don't listen to podcasts. Um, and Chris was like giving me crap about it because he listens to our show and I do not listen to theirs. And so I was like, you know what? I will listen to both podcasts you do. Um, you're welcome. Look how nice I am. And so I listened to the 100th episode while I was doing the Peloton bike and just getting my ass kicked by it. And so I was like huffing and puffing and trying to listen to this. And I hear them introduce like Joe Scamoli, the, our, waiter, our waiter from Chili's. And I was like, is this some like deep cut member of Bruins Twitter that even I don't know. <laughs> it was me. I was like, wait, is this a podcast too? Like, is this like, like the guy who's uh, like the fourth string quarterback coach or whatever it is on, on Twitter. I was like, is that what this is? Um, and it, I should have, I, I feel so bad that, because Chris was like, how did you not recognize your own podcast co-host's voice? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> we are like, not a well-oiled machine here, okay? We we, we fly 
We, we fly by the seat of our pants. Like, you can't blame us for anything. We are and not... When it comes I to this podcast... Like, I, I heard you talk as, as yeah. the children's waiter. <laughs> and then I heard a pause, because you did, you paused. And then I heard, what's up, guys? This is Michael Radigan. And you changed your voice for that part. Like, you sounded more like yourself. And yeah, I, I was like, wow. Yeah. I was like, how lazy did they get that they didn't even bother recording an intro for Mikey? <laughs> uh, so you're, you thought they were just uh, bean mugging me. Uh, yeah, I thought they were just like rolling through the last two, like that they'd run out of time on the episode or something. I, I had no idea. And so like, oh, fuck I texted him. Chris He's and I was like, I was like, wait, you guys really asked your waiter from the meetup to do this? Like, who even are you? And he was like, oh, don't worry, I won't spoil it. And I was like, what does that mean? And I literally finished the episode, which broke my brain because they said that they recorded it on July 5th. It was released on July 2nd. They did it on June 26th. Um, And I was like, that whole thing, just like, I'm gobsmacked. And I was like, but I still need to know what the spoiler was about the Chili's waiter, like, what am I missing? And he was like, well, what Mikey got wrong is that we didn't have a waiter. We sat at the bar. And I was like, wait, it was Mikey? (laughs) And he was like, cat, what? And that's when I I called you. Like, I literally, it was like one o'clock in the morning where you were. And I called you because I was just, I was so rattled by that because I, I truly didn't know. And I, I called you, I texted Cam, had like this mini like existential crisis meltdown about it. But oh, I, I feel better that. because apparently Drew also did not know it was you. Oh, I did not, I did, I did not know that. I did not so know that. So congrats to like, Drew for being on the same level as I am. Um, but no, it was it was hilarious. Like I thought that was extremely funny. And then I was very hurt that, you haven't called in as a Chili's waiter to our podcast. Um, I, I, I don't, I'll <laughs> save the better bits for our podcast. Save <laughs> the better bits, uh, which leads into our final part. I'm, I'm like on point with my segues today. And wow. by that, I mean yeah. not at all. Um, if you want to sponsor us, by the way, and you see how good we are at segueing into different things, <laughs> yeah, please feel free. Please. Um, no, one thing that you do on our podcast a lot is talk about the fucking Gabagool. Um, and oh, yeah. I, I wanted to bring up possibly the best tweet thread I've seen all year. Um, sure. I would agree. And it's Emily Scherer who works for 538. She does uh, data graphics. Um, very cool. She's an extremely underrated follow. Um, I was, looking at Twitter one day and I saw her tweet out two pictures side by side and it's the same energy and it's Tony Soprano and Kristen, uh, Chris or Kirsten Cohen from, uh, from the OC. And I was like, wait, those are like, those are identical scenes right there. And then she kept going and she was like, same energy once again, more same energy. It was a lot of, um, it was like a lot of, yeah, then Seth Cohen, like, in a bathrobe, in bathrobes together, and she says, Sopranos and the OC were same energy, just different sides (laughs) of the country, and that, like, broke my brain. 
Because she's not wrong. I mean, <laughs> they're two very different shows, but... Somehow very different, but somehow very not. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of standing by the pool, standing in the kitchen, and a lot of bath... It was, it was very alarming how many side-by-side scenes of, like, Sandy Cohen and Kirsten Cohen with uh, Tony and Carmelo Soprano, like, standing in the kitchen. Uh, that said, I will say that is probably... I think the OC, I think the Sopranos is the greatest TV drama of all time, and I think the OC is the greatest teen drama of all time. I think that's uh, it's only debatable if you bring in the OC's Mid Atlantic counterpart, which would be One Tree Hill. I know I think a lot that, of I know a lot of people love OTH. I I respect that, but. Well, OTH went on for what, like 10 seasons, 11 seasons? Nine. 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 Man, they had a run. Wow. Uh, they and did. The OC they kept had... almost getting canceled and then like kept getting brought back. And the, the OC had five. They, I thought they had four. Did they only have four? I think they only had four. And it really, yeah. it really fell off season four. People, uh, yeah. I have ran... a hot take that everyone's going to get mad at me for. Uh, but that you liked I... when... I did like season four because I, I I don't think we've gone over just how much I fucking hate Marissa Cooper. Uh, worst character on TV. She's she's not like even close. She's not a great person. She's like she's, she's not just not a great person. She's a waste of television space. She's a waste of air. Time. She's not like wow. um she's not like a good she's not bringing it full circle here. Like Tony Soprano, a fantastic anti-hero, right? Like. He's the bad He's guy. He's not a fantastic answer. But you root for him. I'm never rooting for Marissa Cooper. Now, her mom, Julie Cooper, is someone you kind of came around on. Yeah. Like, throughout that show. and uh, Julie Cooper is kind of... Because, uh, like, I I feel like every teen drama from 2000 to 2012 had the, blonde, the tall blonde best friend who was a hot mess. And then yeah. it had the short brunette friend who you hated for the first season and then had the best character arc of them all because there was uh sophia bush as brooke davis and uh hillary burton as peyton sawyer peyton sawyer another character who was kind of a waste of space while brooke davis ended up being like arguably the pivotal character of one tree hill and then you had summer and marissa and summer really grew into like a wonderful character and then with Gossip Girl up in New York, you had a, uh, you had Blair and Serena, who were the New York iteration of the Peyton and Brooke and the Marissa and Summer. But while Brooke Davis and uh, Blair Waldorf were like fantastic, they started off as like an anti-hero best friend character. I feel like that arc that they had is kind of the arc that julie cooper had and while the other two blondes on those shows had some redeeming qualities to them that at some point you didn't absolutely detest them there's not a single episode of the oc in which i didn't want marissa cooper's death to come faster like it didn't come fast enough i i yeah um 
Man, uh, the OC had a really, it had a pretty good soundtrack. I know it had like Modest Mouse, Alkaline Trio, LCD Sound System, Killers, what else? Suicide Machines. I think then, Modest Mouse performed on it too. Yes, they did. It was and one then, of those shows where, where they had a bunch of concerts. Um, One Tree Hill, they're, oh, they had a really best good soundtrack sound. of all time. They that's, had like that's the best soundtrack I think of any. They had so many of my favorite bands play. Where had like the replacements were on One Tree Hill, uh, Jimmy Eat World's songs were on One Tree Hill, Against Me songs were on One Tree Hill. Uh, <laughs> who else? Um, the Get Up I, Kids. Holy shit, man! They had a really. I good was gonna band. say I was talking Audio about slave. it like a couple a couple days ago. Um, the only TV episode where songs have been what made me cry like to open and close it the final episode of one tree hill starts with a blind pilot song and ends with one tree hill by u2 and oh yeah just the perfect bookend songs for an episode like there there hasn't been a tv episode that had better mu a better musical score there they had uh lucero yellow card fallout boy if you like them damn Man, they really... They had early Fallout Boy, too, which was... They did. Like, I think they had, they, they had good Fallout Boy. Yeah, I think they... Yeah, I think... Or they, they might have had, like, one of their less popular songs from... Uh, <laughs> from Richie, Like, one of their non-singles from Under Richie's the Court. Pointing out that, uh, Richie's pointing out that... Remember when Pete Wentz dated Peyton Flair? Oh, on, yeah. He dated one of the characters on One Tree Hill for, like a good multi-episode arc there. Oh, um, really? Man, maybe I'll start watching uh, One Tree Hill. Wonderful show. I think we should do a rewatch. But no, it also had good singers as actors within it. Like Tyler Hilton was in it. Um, Bethany Joy Lenz was in it. Uh, Kate Vogel um, was in it. She was one of the main characters. So was Jana Kramer, who's like a country artist, if that's your thing. Like she's a decent country artist. Um, yeah, they had so many good musical artists who were like main pivotal characters, and then they had Stephen Coletti from The Hills, which is like just such a random ad too. But no, I think uh, I think if One Tree Hill is the musical, like golden standard for teen dramas, uh, the yes. OC was. In terms of storyline, I don't think many teen dramas have had the, just the depth of, and I think that's kind of the same energy with The Sopranos, like the depth of storyline between the yeah, two shows, I mean, different types of shows, but the depth on them is. The, the Sopranos brought it in every way. They also had a fucking fantastic uh, soundtrack too. So, but I would agree with One Tree Hill and the OC in terms of, uh, man, because I, I remember the, the OC was like a kind of, it was on a major network. It was on Fox. So it was like kind of a bit of a cultural, like, it was a big deal when I, I remember when it came out. And uh, I think I'm it, always shocked when I can tell when I'm not just older than someone, but like generationally older than someone when they don't know. Welcome to the OC, bitch. Uh, oh, speaking of characters that change, like, just Luke, hearing the catchphrase. Yeah, that that character was Luke played by Luke, who, who had a great <laughs> character. He was only on, I think, for a season or two, and he had a really good character arc. He he was like the asshole bully, but then like you you come to he becomes you know kind of buddies with Ryan, and yeah, it's a uh, man. He takes I, Seth in when Seth runs away with a 
with his boat, the summer breeze. Yes. And yes. Goes to yes. live with Luke wow. and his gay dad. <laughs> that's yeah, that is true. That I think that's like the first episode of season two. Maybe it's a, it's a good show. That's another show I should rewatch. And on that note, um, we said we get, we're going to keep it short, but uh, <laughs> we, 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 try, to, we tried our best. And we, but, we doubled we that, did. but that's better than, that's better than normal. I feel like, and we, we covered yeah. a lot of really, really important cultural things here. Um, yes. Like, uh, like if TV you listen shows. to this whole thing, God bless you. And, Maybe uh, we should flip the Fast Nine stuff at the end. We should have Max cut that to the back here, just so uh, so people drop off before we spoil this the Pontiac <laughs> in space. <laughs> I think people are gonna be very upset when they find out that Ludacris and Tyree, uh, was it Tyree or Tyrese, uh, went went to space. So. Uh, <laughs> But it, honestly, you, you should still see it. It's a sight to see. Um, it's a one. It's a wonderful movie. Ten of ten would recommend going to see it. It's not. It's not a cinematic masterpiece, but it's one of the most enjoyable in theater watches I've had in a very long time. All right, and uh, yeah, I guess we'll maybe see you next, uh, or talk to you, or whatever you how this is uh, next week, uh, and hope, hopefully, love <laughs> guests and. Uh, All right. Uh, Thanks for listening.